Welcome to In Bed with Lisa. I'm Lisa Welsh and I teach you how to have more fun in bed, even if you're super busy, feel totally embarrassed or have been faking orgasms for years. It's not rocket science and you are not broken. Keep listening to learn how. Hi, I'm Lisa Welsh. Welcome back to In Bed with Lisa. This is episode 13 and you are in for a real treat. What you're about to see unfold before you is Miss Kitten welcoming us to her dungeon. Yep, she is a pro dom and she lets us in and invited me to ask her all of the questions that I had, that you had. And so yes, this is eye-opening for sure. Before we begin, I want to let you know that this is for entertainment purposes only. We are not giving medical advice. So as you're going to see, I was flipping excited and also a little bit nervous because I did not know what to expect. And Miss Kitten did not disappoint. As the camera came on, I saw she was there with this person that she described as her latex pet. It was a man dressed from head to toe in latex, wearing a gas mask with a fluffy tail and tied with a rope to the ceiling. So yeah, that set the scene. But she soon put me and her latex pet at ease. She was stroking him lovingly the entire time, which was kind of a juxtaposition, but also I can see why that could be enjoyable. So I met Miss Kitten a couple of weeks ago. She hosted a spanking workshop and I learned so much from her. But this really gave me an insight into more of her story and to more of the bigger picture of kink and BDSM. And I really hope that you're going to enjoy this. I am extremely excited to be sat here witnessing this scene unfolding before me. Miss Kitten is here with her playthings. Her, I don't know, how would you like to introduce yourself, Miss Kitten, and this wonderful person that's with you? Hi, Lisa. Welcome to my dungeon on this uh, very uh, quiet Monday afternoon. And um, in front of me, I have my latex toy, my little pet. He's wearing a gas mask and a latex suit. And he has a little fluffy tail at the back and he's uh, nicely connected to uh, a piece of rope and um, at my feet where every latex pet should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very excited to have you and to um, let you guys have a look at some of the more kinky side of life and to try and dispel some of the myths and make it a little bit less scary because it can be quite fun. I didn't know what to expect when we had this conversation and right now you're exceeding everything. What is kink? I think I think kink is different for every single person. And I think, I think kink is a very simple sentence of something new and something exciting will stop. And that can be different for you and very different for me. I don't think we'd experience kink in the same way. But it doesn't mean that um, I can judge what you think is exciting or that you can judge what I think is exciting. And I think kink is just that little adventurous side of us that likes to explore. Um, And we have changed so much and our sexual journeys change so much. If I go back 10 years ago and look at who I was and what I was like in bed, probably a lot more athletic than I am now. But um, I've grown up so much and so much is different. The journey evolves on its own naturally. So, you know, just using a little bit of imagination to introduce things that are slightly more um, unconventional um, leads us into a whole different array in the bedroom. And it doesn't have to be 
that mistress with a big cane and gas mask and and a gag it can be very simple items that excite you or take you on a little bit of a different journey in, in your sex life amazing i love that so is kink the same as bdsm and fetish like what do all of these terms mean are they synonymous I think kink is just the freedom to explore and to evolve. And I think um, consent is mandatory with anything um, that involves sex. So I think that um, when you start to explore along the lines of BDSM, which is bondage and discipline, and then um, dominant and submissive, and then sadist and masochist. And those are all very big terms, but I think in the bedroom, we kind of start to learn what they are as we explore more and we're honest about our wants and desires. Mm. So I think the start for me is creating intimacy where I can share this with another person and being able to share openly and honestly what my fantasies are. And some fantasies should stay fantasies. Some fantasies should not be, uh, not be played out. But a lot of fantasies are not shameful when they're voiced openly and understood by somebody in an intimate relationship and exploring those fantasies with a partner can be extremely exciting. Mm -hmm. So the whole journey based on the fact that you're sharing your innermost secrets with somebody who appreciates and respects them and somebody that you trust. And because of that trust, consent is mandatory. How do people bring that into an everyday relationship? Lisa, I think I think this first start is just about a little bit of honesty between you, you and your partner. And I think even in married, uh, even married couples battle to have that open communication. So I use a very easy game, um, and it's a game that just clarifies me saying yes and me saying no, and me hearing a yes and me hearing a no. And game just starts off with a thank you, but no thank you. And um, for two minutes, my partner asks me anything under the sun. It can be ridiculous things like, will you babysit the kids for a month? Or will you clean my car? Or will you clean the shopping? Yeah, will you do the shopping? Um, or it can be things like, can I stick needles in you? Or can I uh, use a dildo in your ass? Stuff like that. Like, and for everything that he asks me, I get to say, thank you, but no thank you. And that allows him to hear my no and not be offended by that no, because I think that's the first step is that you're not reacting negatively to hearing a negative answer. And the way the answer is phrased doesn't upset anybody. And it gives me time to practice my nose and him receiving my nose. It also gives him carte blanche to mention anything that comes out of his head with no fear, because the answer is going to be no anyway. And I know him particularly well. So when he asks me things that I know he's a little bit more serious about, in the back of my head, I sort of make a mark on them and sort of we can visit them later together. Mm -hmm. But it's a platform where there's no judgment. I think that's really important and just allow intimacy to be shared between two people. And then from there, we can build on the fantasy. But I think the problem with most fantasies and most ideas is that they're not explored and they're not explained and they're not quantified. So I think consent is mandatory, but part of consent is understanding the entire process and what's about to happen and managing expectations and discussing expectations. So, you know, if, if, we, if I talk about spanking, I, in my head, imagine 
um, a beautiful bottom with 12 cane lines down the back of it. I'm quite sure that's not what came into your head when I mentioned the word spanking. Mm -hmm. you know, so we need to quantify what we want out of the journey from our partners. And we need to be able to flesh it out and give a little bit of realistic expectations to it. And then we can agree or disagree with each other about how we're going to try it. Mm -hmm. And I also think anything that's kinky involves risk. So the risk needs to be discussed. You need to be aware of what could happen. I think the core values of Kink are trust, understanding, patience, and communication. And I think when you put that into a, par into a partnership, you just create more intimacy and everything's going to be better afterwards. So if there's something that you want to explore, taking it really slowly, understanding what the implement can do or the object can do, understanding its parameters and its quantities, and then breaking that down in how you use it, understanding the skill that goes using it, and then testing it out on yourself before you, are, before you ask anybody else to be your guinea pig. And then after testing it out on yourself, gently testing it out on your partner and getting them to give you feedback, which for me is the most important part of the whole lot is... And I don't think we're trained to give feedback either. I think we're trained to think in our heads and not express how we feel. So trying to turn the feedback part into a game that nourishes me and grows my confidence and that gives my, my um, bottom or my partner um, a chance to express himself and tell me what he likes really is quite rewarding in both situations. Mm, I think that's so important. And I think for new people starting out, the fear is that you say yes to trying this thing and then you're, you've got to do it. But what you're saying is feedback along the way means that you can take it slowly. You can, you can find out the nuances that actually, no, this is too much. Or yes, I'm quite enjoying this more than I thought. So it's an ongoing unfolding. And Lisa, I don't think, I don't think you can say yes to something that you haven't tried. Mm -hmm. I think you have to try out sex without um, um, any other expectations. You need to try that aspect on its own. And once you understand that aspect, then you can answer the question, do I consent to it? But until you've actually until you've actually experienced it, for me, there's no way you can consent it, and there's no way that your yes means anything to me. So it's really important that people are careful about the process and understand what they are adding to their sex life. And once you have a good understanding, then you can agree or disagree or decide on its usage. But a lot of people consent exactly like you say, and then feel compelled to participate. There's no, no one is compelling you to do anything. Like literally you have to shit and you have to breathe in life. That's it. You certainly don't have to use this object during sex. It's not compulsory. And the more we get to know our bodies and how our bodies respond, the more we are able to judge whether we're going to like something or not. But in order for a partner to actually have your consent, they would have had to experience the kink, whatever um, aspect you're adding to the bedroom before. And that experience, they need to have experience on their own. They need to understand the actual implement, understand the qualities of the implement and the properties of the implement that they add into the bedroom. And it doesn't need to be a fancy implement. What's Like I said before, what's kinky to you is probably not kinky to me at all. I'm probably three times more <laughs> more dangerous with my kink than any than than you are but it doesn't make mine best or yours worse or you know I have no judgment as far as that goes we're just there to enjoy each other and enjoy the properties that we can bring to the bedroom 
by being open and honest and discussing things with each other. So it lies in communication and open the lines of communication. And that's hard. And the older we get, the more resilient we are to accepting and to hearing a no and accepting and saying a no. And that's a big part of this for me is being able to be confident in your no and being able to hear a no quite confidently. So that's the start for me. I'm always happy if somebody wants to make a change to something or has an idea to alter something because it means that they're thinking about it. They're not just agreeing to it. Brilliant. Brilliant. I've got a great question that I think leads on from that. So the question was about the 50 shades of gray craze. Okay. So do you worry about people feeling that they, they know how something works because they've read it in some kind of popular culture, like 50 shades and then actually trying it just dabbling i think i think um 50 shades of gray for me is a, like it's it's all like a hollywood fantasy like the even the sex is frigging hot violent sex i don't see it as bdsm but i see it as violent sex so that's what we're selling and that's what we watched and that's what some of us enjoyed some more than others um but it's not um, a subsection of BDSM or an explanation of BDSM. It's how two people in would interpreted it and then played it on TV. So it's a bit like saying, for me, saying we watched The Fast and the Furious and now I'm going to take my boyfriend's BMW and I'm going to drive it like crazy until I make smoke come out of the back tires. Mm. You know, I think it's all relative and I think you have to take it from it opened the door to make it less shameless and for me in a lot of ways 50 shades gave women a bit of a voice it was the first time women had had a voice in um in a sort of sex movie like that and i think there is some freedom in it i don't like the way bdsm was described or portrayed um i think the idea of the contract that she almost was forced to sign because she had no other option became very unconsensual for me and that doesn't really happen in real life but i'm almost quite sure that no oak with a helicopter is going to land and pick me up either so you know i think you you have to take it from where it comes and and in some ways it opened the door to speak about sex with less shame and to speak about BDSM with less shame um, and give us all an opportunity to explore some more mm. and it sold a lot of toys from a lot of sex shops like hotcakes afterwards so a lot of people did try. Another question that I received was saying that this person feels that kink is more than just learning new facts and learning about sexual acts to spice it up in the bedroom. That they, they consider it to be more of a way of thinking and being. And what do you think about that? The one thing that always comes to the back of my mind is I filmed some fetish porn with a mistress who lives kink 24-7. She's in a 24-7 relationship. And this is just incredible. And what I, what I see from the end of her relationship is the enormous amount of trust and negotiation and skill that they, they deal with on a daily basis. And the enormous growth between these two people over, over the two years that I have been acquainted with them and working with them um, and how the level of their relationship has developed because this intimacy and trust has got so deep and so um, and has so much value. And I think it's absolutely beautiful. I think a lot of the stuff she does, I would be too terrified to try. And that's a lot coming from a needle queen like myself. <laughs> but um, it's 
just incredible that they have such a deep, intimate relationship. Felice, I think I think from the point of view that because there's so much trust involved with it and you're dealing with a different side of your of your head and you need to research and you need to explore and you need to share this openly with your partner. And because there is risk involved, you are so much more careful about it. Yeah, I think it is definitely deeper. And I think it lends itself to quite a deep intimacy that we don't normally just get from sex. You mentioned there that you're a needle queen. So what then I would like to ask you is, how do you describe your job? What is a dominatrix? What is a dom? I think a dom, my job is more probably a sadistic artist. Um, I see these beautiful human bodies and um, a lot of the people that come to me come to me because they enjoy pain. And I see the body and this beautiful canvas as a way of making an incredible picture or sculpture or design and allowing them release and doing so. So turning something that could be quite ugly and um, painful into something is quite joyous and freeing. Um, I think there's an enormous amount of clarity in pain. Don't all go out and stab yourself now, please, because it's very practiced, it's very recent, and we put a lot of time and effort into putting it all in the right places. But having that trust and that connection with somebody and being able to take their pain and allow them the clarity and the release is something that's quite special and it's quite a gift. Mm. And being able to listen to what they need, hear them tell me about the kink that um, I'm going to um, perform in the dungeon is quite special. People don't really share on intimate levels like that. So I think I get I get a lot of really deep thought mm. and a lot of real honest people um, you're not going to come to me and lie that you like needles because I'm about to put 200 of them into you. There's a real, um, yeah, earthly honesty about how they share with me. And I, I think that's incredibly special. And I feel really special and honored that they trust me with that. And then also for them to be able to leave my dungeon and not want to harm themselves or hurt themselves, but have had enough release to be able to carry on and focus. Um, yeah, I think it's that. that's quite special special for me so my I'm not a pro-dom from the side that you can pay me to um, give you a sexual act that's printed on a menu um, I don't have a menu <laughs> um, so I'm more of an artist I quite like to sit with you we have an intimate conversation um, listen to you talk ask you a couple of questions and then sort of decide what vision I see coming out of your body, whether it's a hundred needles or it's some fish hooks or know, your peanut board, a couple of different um, scenarios, but, um, and then use that to provide you a release. The idea that the release is going to happen for the human being becomes cathartic and he follows a process that he repeats every time and along similar lines himself to come and see me and then afterwards follows a process that um, involves self-care and love and um, looks after his body again so you know it, it's a very personal it's a very special place for them to be aware of their experience aware of how their body's reacting to it and then look after their body afterwards and um, so there's there's quite a lot involved it's not as simple as putting 12 needles in I 
don't play with people that I don't know. So you have to know me for a year. And if you want to come and have needles stuck in you, you have to have a bit of a relationship with me first. Um, and it's important that I know that your mental state and that you are you know, able to deal with what's about to happen. Um, I got involved with the needles originally to stop people self-harming themselves. Oh. A lot of the players that I was seeing able to find the release, so they would go and look for the release on their own and they'd end up self-harming themselves cutting themselves or doing things that weren't thought out, weren't practiced, weren't planned and weren't skillful. And at the end, being remorseful about it instead of finding joy out of the situation. So, you know, it's sort of evolved into, into what it is now for me. Um, but I think we all evolve and think evolves. We change. Thank God we dynamic and we change. It would be very boring if we didn't. How did you find yourself on this career path? So my... I, I didn't have a great relationship. Um, I was in a marriage that wasn't sexually fulfilling at all. And I was looking for some way to fulfill my needs sexually, to be wanted, to be desired, but not to cheat. So for the longest time, I was a chastity dom. So chastity is about locking a man up in a little cage and wearing the key around your neck and then him not having access to his orgasms. So this didn't involve sex because I wasn't sleeping with the guy, but it involved me being in control of something and, and this person in return having respect for me and finding me beautiful, finding me attractive and needing me. And so we sort of, the guys that I practiced with were kind of fulfilling a need in my life as well. And I think we explore as we grow up and I just explored kink just became more and more and opened myself up to different opportunities and met different people on different journeys. What is your most common request? Um, will you peg me? Ah, okay. Pegging, funny enough, Lisa, is one of the biggest kinks, I promise you. And I get asked by men and women, and I get a lot of wives that phone me and say to me, please will you teach me to peg your husband, their husband. It's one of those things that if the guy hasn't mentioned it out loud, I promise you he's thought about it five times during the day so um and the whole, whole idea of the other hole and using the anus even for a woman incredibly pleasurable and there's a lot to be said about exploring that and playing with that and it's not only a man on man idea and it, it, it and it definitely doesn't make you less of a man to enjoy anal sex to the prostate that's just like its own sexual organ and it's incredibly stimulating so for a woman to learn to play with a man's prostate i think is incredibly important mm -hmm. and it's not hard there's no stigma attached to you and there's no stigma attached to your man that's going to make him less manly mm -hmm. um and i quite like a little bit of anal sex every now and again it's something that i find quite pleasurable in my own almost vanilla lifestyle and um i would definitely recommend learning to pig and if you had to think of the most unusual request. I think horseshoe nails into a scrotum onto a piece of wood. So 22 nails nailed through the scrotum onto a piece of wood and then the scrotum was filled with saline. And the needles went in like butter. They were really great. <laughs> it really expands my mind. Is that pleasurable for somebody? Is that pleasurable? Is pain really an important factor in their pleasure? I think, I think sometimes you can't get the clarity you need to be in the situation and to be present. And that pain allows you to be brought back into reality so you're able to experience it. And some people need the pain to get off. Not everybody does. And it doesn't need to be on the same level for everybody. 
Um, it's very person dependent and it's something that you sort of start to understand as you work through the kinks. So you mentioned then for a second that your clients maybe are a mixture of genders. Is that something that you find? So I, I always see guys and it's only, it's only sort of in the last sort of three years that I've to see women as well um, and enjoy um, working with women. So I have to say I see very few men now and I see mostly women um, and I wouldn't change that for the world. And I've really enjoyed exploring another side and learning new things and having new bodies to use as canvases. Wow, that is fascinating. What would you advise to somebody that is considering employing the services of Dom? So first of all, I think that's fabulous. I think if you are interested in trying something, going to professionals, always the best idea. I can't see any parents sending their kids to someone who's not a qualified coach. So I would treat sex with the same with the same ideas. I would find someone who knows what they're talking about, has practiced with the skill, has written some stuff on it, and talks openly and honestly about it and is recommended in the community. And I definitely think the best way to try some of these kinks and definitely some of the fetishes is to go to someone who can give you a professional experience. Mm-hmm. And moms are quite happy to see your partner and teach your partner too. So that's also another nice way to do it without you having to be terrified to get involved is to be able to employ somebody to help you through the journey. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a dance sex coach, can often also help you explore different kinks and make it, and make it safe. I love that. Like you said, especially with some of the more risky activities and you don't know where to start, ask a professional to guide you and your partner through this experience. Talking to your partner and listening to your partner and hearing your partner is really important in this whole art. And without that, there's no enormous scene um, with you swinging from a chandelier, gagged and with a riding crop. That doesn't happen. So if that's where you want to go, starting off, with honest, open way of hearing a no and saying a no would be my solution. Wonderful, thank you. All starts with communication and consent. So there you have it. I'm sure you learned something new. Let me know what you found the most interesting and let me know if any of the myths around BDSM and kink and pro-doms were busted for you today. Go ahead and tag me in your Instagram stories at inbedwithlisa. I would love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this, please go ahead, like, subscribe, rate and review. It means the absolute world to me and it helps to get this message of having more fun in bed out to the world. Thank you for being here and I'll see you next week. Would you like a sexy shot of inspiration and actionable tips to help you have more fun in bed in your inbox every single week? Then you'd better get on my email list Sign up to receive my free four-part video series called Unlock Your Pleasure. It's been known to get people experiencing off-the-charts pleasure and mind-blowing orgasms. So get onto that. The link is in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox. No.